Welcome, everyone, to the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I am your host, Munaf Manji. And joining me tonight, we have our full house of the sharpest NBA betters. First up, it's my man, Sleepy J. Sleepy, how are you doing this Friday evening, my friend? I'm doing well. Getting ready to start counting some of all this money I made today, so I'm happy. Hey, yeah, I know we'll get to our picks here in a minute, but uh, it's been a pretty good Friday night here in the association. Also, some news we'll get to as well. But hey, we got the band back together for tonight's episode, The Man Who Needs No Introduction. It's Mackenzie Rivers. How's it going, Mackenzie? Going good. Now, let me ask you a question, Sleep. Do you actually count the money or do you have like like a calculator out or like is it in your do you actually get all the money out of the FanDuel account or whatever and then like put it on a table like like uh, the boxer did? What's your strategy when it comes to counting money? I guess is my question. First, hide it from your daughter. Hide it from your girlfriend. That's <laughs> number one. Um, leave it in the bank. You know, look online. Do the add and subtracting from there. But keep all money away from women and children. That's rule number one. <laughs> That's why he's up till wee hours in the morning when everybody's asleep. That's when he's counting his money uh, after all the bets that he does cash. But uh, Sleepy, we had a pretty uh, good night, at least in the association on the picks that we gave out on the Friday pod. I know we still have your best bet pending, but uh, my best bet, the Knicks team total uh, over 115 and a half. Uh, 116 and a half is where it closed at. It, it did get over that number. They score 120 points against the Washington Wizards. And we also both like the Pelicans uh, hosting the defending champions, the Denver Nuggets. They win the game outright. Uh, a monster night for Nikola Jokic, but wasn't good enough as the Pelicans do get the victory against the uh, Denver Nuggets. And also, Sleepy, you mentioned the um, Hawks' second quarter bet as well, and that one got to the window, my friend. Yeah, that was one I was actually really excited about when I woke up this morning. I ended up actually selling that to my clients, so... Um... It was a strong play for me last night in the podcast, and then this morning, the more and more I thought about it, I was like, there's no reason you know, not to give this out to my clients. So went ahead, did that, was really happy about that. It's kind of ironic, too, because that was the only quarter I think that the Hawks won in that entire game. But as you and I sat down and we talked about it, you were right. You know, Embiid ended up going the whole first quarter. Philly looked pretty good in that first quarter, and then they started sitting guys down, and that bench had to come in and play a little bit of a role. And the Hawks just kind of took over there. So it was a good handicap. Glad that one cashed. Hopefully we go ahead and cash a bunch more tickets tonight. The amount of time that Sleepy has told me I'm right in the short amount of time I've been with you guys has probably been more times uh, than my wife has said in the uh, amount of eight years that we've been together. So it's nice to hear those words out of at least somebody's mouth when uh, we're talking about someone is right. Um, gentlemen, some news in a league that never sleeps. In the NBA, we do get some uh, news this morning about uh, what we had been talking about this pod for the past several weeks, and that had to do with the L.A. Clippers. And eventually someone between James Harden and Russell Westbrook had to go to the bench for, I guess, the betterment of this team and and to figure out some rotations for Ty Lue. And lo and behold, it seems like Russell Westbrook put his hand up to the coach and said, hey, coach, I'll go to the bench. So Russell Westbrook, at least in the game here tonight and at least for the foreseeable future, We'll be coming in with that second unit or the first guy off of the bench for the L.A. Clippers. And, Mac, let me start with you on this news of Russell Westbrook uh, coming off of the bench. It seemed like it was something that was going to be inevitable between him and James Harden for, you know, like we mentioned, for rotation purposes, but also uh, to give some depth coming off of that bench. Terrence Mann steps into that starting lineup for the Clippers for now. But what was your reaction when you saw this news of Russell Westbrook uh, going to the bench for the uh, L.A. Clippers? I think you hit on the key point that he asked to come off the bench and that is going to, you know, it's an easier pill to swallow than I think it would be. 
otherwise, I think James Harden really should be coming off the bench, though. I feel like the not that small of a sample size, the second half of last season and the first few games of this season, Westbrook was really playing a great role, you know, with great scoring and defending wings and Kawhi and Paul George. Maybe great is uh, is pushing it these days with the results that keep popping up, but you it's not what you need with James Harden. You don't need any more creation. You have a lot of guys already on the court. I mean, even Zubac in a in a can you can throw it to him on the post. You have a lot of options already. Uh, you know, having more options and not more efficiency is no help. So I th- I, th- I think uh, it could be good. I mean, I, I think they're better than zero and five. Obviously, it'd be the worst team ever. It'd go zero and eighty two. But I, I think their real upside is is minimizing uh, is minimizing James Harden. But maybe I'm just being a hater. I don't know. What do you think, Sleep? I like the move because it had to happen sooner or later. Either him, Harden, one of them had to go to the bench. So the fact that one of them's there now, I think that they could at least start to iron out some more of the wrinkles. Here's a question that I have, Mac, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like maybe we just go ahead and attack the Clippers now at 19-1 to 1 to go ahead and win the title. Let's not forget who this team is. They have Kawhi, they have PG, they have Harden, they have Westbrook, they have some depth, a pretty decent center. Like, this team legitimately can win the title. I wouldn't sit here and actually say, no, that that team's not going to win. Like, I, I honestly can't say that. And at 19-1, to 1, I feel like there's probably value in that. And the reason I say that now is because their preseason odds, I don't believe they were 19-1. to 1. This team's been struggling since Harden's got here. How many games now have they lost in a row? It doesn't look good. It seems like maybe they're not going to figure this out. But I think the fact that Westbrook went ahead and said, I'm going to go to the bench, Harden's eventually going to figure it out. Like we talked about, you know, world-class players. And even though I'm not like necessarily a Harden guy, everywhere he kind of went, those teams eventually figured it out. They figured it out in Brooklyn. They figured it out in Philly, figured it out in Houston. I think they'll figure it out here. And I have a gut feeling that this team's going to go on probably some type of a run. And these 19 to 1 odds to win the title are eventually just going to disappear. So I would recommend probably playing the Clippers now if you think that you're in line with my thinking. Because I have a feeling like these odds are just not going to show up anymore. And boy, it would be nice to have 19 to 1 you know, with the Clippers. And if you look at the West, it seems like that's the more vulnerable conference right now. You pretty much have Boston and Milwaukee locked in in the East. Like those odds probably aren't going to change much. So I think we're going to see more fluctuation here with the teams in the West. And I think one of the big ones here is going to be the Clippers. So I don't know how you guys feel about that, but that's kind of where I'm sitting right now with this Clippers team. Well, I'll tell you, as someone that tracks the odds, and shout out to Mark, who does a lot of the odds work, especially during football season, uh, so I can do the NFL. He does the NBA. Uh, they're up to 19 to 1 consensus. So maybe look around getting 20 to 1. But before the season, they were 25 to 1. And, and over the last three years, it was by far their lowest or highest odds, their worst chance of winning. It didn't really make much sense. I mean, they were pretty good down the stretch last year, and Kwai got hurt. Well, Kwai got hurt, and Kwai got hurt again. And I think it might be five seasons in a row that he hasn't finished a playoff healthy. Uh, four or five seasons. So it maybe it, it was finally priced in to be that, because they're usually 10, 12 to 1. Uh, you know, throughout the season, they bob and weave somewhere in that area, and they popped up to 25 to 1. And then the day they get hardened, they go to 12 to 1. So their odds are cut in half about. I mean, they had performed well to, to start the season, not so much lately. So you're pretty much getting it back to where it was at the start of the season. So you're pretty much saying James Harden is not 
helping their chance to win a title. And I think, especially with the fact that they have such an injury history, you might just need him for one game to be Superman in a game five. It can't hurt. They have to have better odds, in my opinion, now than they did at the start of the season. And they don't, really. So you can still get the same odds. So I see value in it, too. Yeah, I think that for the Clippers, just, I mean, right now, like you mentioned, with the trade with James Harden, them starting with 0-5, 0-6 in era, like, I think this is the buy point for the LA Clippers, especially what we just talked about with the move with Russell Westbrook going to the bench, that we're starting to see some type of improvement or at least some changes being made in in the direction of this Clippers team. So I agree with uh, Sleeping and Mackie. I think you're in agreement as well that, you know, definitely shop around, you know, like Max said, there's probably 20 to ones out there, but consensus right now, 19 to one on the LA Clippers uh, to win the title. Because I think eventually, yes, with the caliber of players that this team does have, eventually they are going to figure it out. And like Mac mentioned, when James Harden has gone from Houston to Brooklyn, they've been able to figure it out. From Brooklyn to Philly, they were able to figure it out as well. Um, so I think yeah, now is probably the 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 buy point for the LA Clippers uh, after what has trans- transpired after the James Harden trade. Uh, gentlemen, another piece of news that did come out regarding the Phoenix Suns' big three: Bradley Beal is going to be out at a minimum of three weeks. He is still dealing with back tightness. Um, so the debut of the big three in the Phoenix, uh, with the Phoenix Suns in Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal is going to be put on hold for now. Um, I think with Devin Booker seems like back in the fold here, I think they are going to be okay. Defense is certainly a concern right now for the Phoenix Suns, but sleepy, let me start with you on this one. Uh, Bradley Beal news, who's going to be missing at least three more weeks for this Phoenix Suns team. What was your reaction when you heard this news? Not surprised. I think that there are certain players in the league that just go through, you know, injury, injury problems, injury riddled careers. I mean, we've seen it with how many guys, and it seems like Bradley Beal is one of those guys. I was sitting here thinking about this actually before we did the podcast. Like we were talking, like, do we want to do future stuff? And I'm like, oh no, let's just go ahead and talk about Beal and Westbrook. And ironically, I I want to talk futures with actually both of these teams because, you know, this is a team that I think with Phoenix that we could probably bet. Not now, but maybe a little bit later. Because I was looking at the roster and I'm like, you know, you bring in a guy like Bradley Beal, you lose Aiton, you lose Torrey Craig, campaign, you lose Chris Paul, and that was just like in the Beal deal. And then you end up losing Mikel Bridges, Shamit, you know, with the Durant move. And I'm like, man, like this team at one point was, Mac and I were doing podcasts and this team was out there just blowing people apart. I mean, they had the best record in the league, I think for like two years in a row. And there was no Durant and there, there, you know, there was no Bradley Beal. And like, this was a damn good basketball team. And it seems like their, their bench depth is, is really, really weak right now. I went and I looked at their bench scoring. Uh, it's well below average, but I think once Beal comes back, I think that this team could actually be pretty good. And hopefully he comes back sooner or later because the word is it's at least three weeks. So I went, it's like, all right, well, let me just take the at least three weeks and go ahead and look out at the schedule. So their odds right now to go ahead and win the title of Phoenix Suns are plus 650. If you go ahead and you push out three weeks, that gets you to roughly somewhere around like December 5th or 6th. Well, if you look at Phoenix schedule, they have to play a ton of road games, and some of the teams they have to play there not going to be all that easy. So I think there still will be some growing pains here with Phoenix, and I think that we actually could probably get a much better, better number here. I would think maybe somewhere maybe in like that 10 to 1, 12 to 1 range if this team struggles. So even though we're talking about, hey, let's bet the Clippers now at, at 19 to 1, I think let's wait if you're looking to go ahead and bet the Suns' future 
maybe wait until maybe like that first week of December right before Beal comes back because I think the Suns uh, have a good chance to go ahead and lose a decent amount of games within this long road trip that they're going to have to deal with. So um, that's where I'm at with that right now. I'm not surprised if Beal's out kind of sucks. You know, you want to see the best teams out there with their best guys on the floor. Hopefully he makes it back. But I think it does give us an opportunity to go ahead and make a wager with this team a little bit down the road. Mac, thoughts on the Phoenix Suns without Bradley Beal, at least for three weeks here. Cash your tickets if you bet on the under in games played for the big three in the Suns. I think it was like 55 games average or something between the three. Uh, it's incredible how how immediately this big three looks like the Brooklyn big three, not on the court, but rather in the world where they are not on the court together. I mean, the Brooklyn big three, I think, played uh, 11 regular season games together and then two playoff series. And then in the second playoff series, two of the players got hurt. So uh, it's it seems like this just walks around and follows Kevin Durant wherever he goes. Uh, his teammates getting hurt, but... Talent-wise, they're still there. They're still right there in my power ratings in the full potential column uh, with the Celtics and the Nuggets, you know, a step below, but right there. I think they can win the title. I think the fact that Bradley Beal's hurt doesn't hurt their chances, so I agree. Uh, if they're 7-12 and 12 or something and they, you know, the narrative starts to change, we'll probably get better odds, and that's, it'll probably be value there too. Uh, but, man, they, they scored – 75 points in the first half tonight against the Jazz and had zero points of advantage. That's just insane. Uh, it's kind of the opposite of that Chris Paul Suns team. I mean, that Suns team was so, like, organized and tight and, uh, you know, mid-range heavy, which is which this team too. Any Booker team, any Durant team is going to be a mid-range heavy jump-shooting team. But uh, it just seems kind of wild out there right now. Like, 91 to 95 currently in the third quarter. Uh it's, it's not going to look great for a while as they figure things out, and then that's, that probably gives us some value on their, on their title odds because it's a long way away from, from the spring. And, uh, you know, the Bucks took a step back, took a step forward. They were killing things, and the, they were winning by 10 points a game for years, and they didn't really do anything. And then they had to make a move, and they brought in a defensive point guard, Drew Holiday, and they looked a little bit different, and they ended up, uh, you know, injury-lucking their way into a championship. And they did the same thing this year where they traded Drew Holiday, and they got in a different point guard, and they – took a step back clearly on defense, but the idea is by the end of the season, they'll be better. I think both of those teams uh, improved their title odds from last year, the Suns and the Bucks. Yeah, I think offensively, this team is obviously going to be just fine. You have the names of Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and when you eventually you get Bradley Beal back, so what can you do defensively? Because right now, Mac, like you mentioned, they've given up at least, although they have given up 95 points with about three minutes left uh, in the third quarter against the Utah Jazz. Uh, turning the page here, gentlemen, to Saturday's slate of games. A lot of teams that are on back-to-backs here, but we do have lines available. And a couple of uh, great matchups here to uh, for Saturday night. And we'll start here with the Milwaukee Bucks. They are hosting the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, this line opened up in favor of the Milwaukee Bucks as a minus 2.5. Bucks are on a back-to-back. They did play Friday night. They blew the doors off of the um, Charlotte Hornets by a score of 130 to 99. They scored 70 plus points in that second half. Uh, did the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Damian Lillard in this game finished up with 27 points for the Milwaukee Bucks, 9 of 18 from the floor. Giannis, a very quiet night, uh, 28 points, only 10 shot attempts, uh, 16 points, uh, 8 rebounds, and 9 assists, a near triple-double for Giannis, but they do take care of business, like I mentioned, 130 to 99. Uh, Mac, let me start with you. The Bucks hosting the Dallas Mavericks, welcoming Luka Dantich and Kyrie Irving to their building. What are you thinking about the spread here? 
best bet Milwaukee Bucks back with with a with a with a with a force or something. I like Milwaukee a lot here. They are 10-3 and 1 ATS in their la- uh, last two seasons of back-to-back. And I feel like this matchup comes down to uh how much priority or or preference or I can't think of words today. How much weight is really the thing I'm trying to say? Do you give to what's happened so far here on November 17th about three weeks into the season versus your priors or your understanding of the team coming into the season. And I've downgraded the Bucks from the beginning of the season, no doubt. I mean, they're 13th in net rating. Uh, their defense is really bad, top, bottom 10 in the league. And I've upgraded the Mavericks about a point. You know, they've been really good. They're 9-3. and three. Uh, Their defense has also not been good. They're 25th, but their offense has been amazing. They're second. I feel like the Bucks are going to make a statement game here. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to run very much because the Mavericks play a little methodical style, and I think that's actually good for them on a back-to-back. Uh, I don't. Dallas is probably one of the weaker teams against Giannis. I know um, the guy from Boston, Grant Williams, has had some success in the past, but there's a reason why he was playing zero minutes last year in the playoff run. I feel like he's just not at that uh, all-NBA caliber, which you kind of need to slow Giannis down. So I feel like this is a statement game, and uh, it, my power rankings make it three, pretty much where it's at. You, you downgrade the Bucks two points for being on a back-to-back, and you know, they're just slightly better than the Mavericks right now, but I don't think the two points, which is common for every other back-to-back, applies here. You know, a common trick that I do is just ignore the two points sometimes if I think it's a particularly advantage situation. And that makes the Bucks minus five, where I think, uh, you know, God's line would end up being, you play this game a hundred times, would be about a five-point win for the Bucks. So that's why I'll take best bet, Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I think this is going to be a statement game for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I am not a believer in this Mavericks team, especially defensively, like you mentioned. They are uh, well below league average as far as defensive metrics. I think that Giannis is just a matchup nightmare uh, for this uh, Dallas Mavericks team. I'm not sure who's going to be out there that's going to be able to slow him down. And you could probably say the same thing for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks trying to slow down Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. I think the X's and O's matchup in this game is going to be very intriguing, especially now without Drew Holiday, who we know one of the better two-way defenders or two-way players in our league and one of the better uh, on-ball defenders um, in this league as well. So I, I'm with you. I, I really do uh, like the Bucks here for the reasons that you also did mention that you mentioned the back-to-back numbers for the Milwaukee Bucks, 10-3-1, I believe, against the spread in back-to-back situations. And also, like I mentioned, a lot of these starters didn't play heavy minutes. So the one player that played the most minutes for the Milwaukee Bucks for Charlotte was the Brooke Lopez. He played 33 minutes. Dame only played 31. Like I mentioned, Giannis only played 28. Chris Middleton, 22. So I, I think this is a good spot here for the Milwaukee Bucks, even though they are on a back-to-back. And the Dallas Mavericks do have the rest advantage. I think this is a good statement game for them to, uh, I guess, put their names back on the map and say, hey, you know, our start to the season – I don't want to say it was a fluke, but we were trying to figure things out, especially when you're bringing a, a player like Damian Lillard uh, to pair with Giannis. Uh, Sleepy, thoughts on the Milwaukee Bucks here? Minus two and a half at home hosting the Dallas Mavericks. All right, so what I want to do here is kind of ask you guys to be odds maker. And we don't have a total on this game right now, but I am curious what you guys think for a total on this one. I have my own number in mind. Uh, it might actually surprise you a little bit. So I'll start with McKenzie. Mac, what, what would be the total that you set for this particular game? Hmm. That's a good question. Two of the premier offenses in the league, two bad defenses for playoff contenders. I uh, can't make it that high. I would say 230 and a half. All right, so Mac, 230 and a half. How about you, Manoff? Where, where are you landing on that? My number came, uh, the number that came into mind was 237. 
right, I was more in line with you, 237, but here's what I think. I actually don't think this total is going to matter with these two teams on the court. Now, one of the things that Dallas has adopted this year is screw all that slow-paced stuff. Like, they realize in order to go ahead and compete with the better teams that they have to go out there and they have to score. But we're looking at Kyrie on one side, Lillard on the other. You have Giannis, you have Luka. This game's going to hit 260. Like, I, I could just see one of those, you know, 132, 127 type games. Like, somewhere in that range. I don't think this total matters. I just see nothing but scoring in here. I think we're going to see multiple 70-point quarters in this one. So I do, I want to make my best bet the over in this game. If it's 237.5, I think this probably is somewhere in that range. But I honestly do not think that the, that the number is going to matter. I think these teams go out there and they just – it's going to be an, it's kind of an insane type of game. It's not like Milwaukee hasn't been in some of those – you know, barn burner, very, very high scoring games. I think they scored 280 in a game last year against Detroit. I wouldn't be shocked if this is one of the highest scoring games in the entire year. I think this might actually look a little bit like an all-star game. So uh, right now, without a number, I'll make my best bet the over in this one. I would be surprised if it didn't. Uh, Dallas this season on the road, 6-1 and one to the over, an average of 241 points that have been scored in those games and Milwaukee at home this season uh as far as the total goes they're just three and three but an average of 231 points being scored in those games uh, yeah I tend to agree with you again the the stars should be signing uh signing shining in this game uh for both these teams I think again like I mentioned they I'm really intrigued by the X's and O's matchups in this games and the defensive matchups um that will be on display in this game but I just yeah I feel like I agree with you sleepy I think we'll just see a lot of offense in this game um, it seems like the Milwaukee Bucks have figured it out as well uh, on the offensive side of the basketball with Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, next game that we wanted to get to here on the Saturday night schedule, that's going to be the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. They are in the big easy to take on the New Orleans Pelicans. This line opened up in favor of the Minnesota Timberwolves at minus three and a half. That number is now up to minus five. Uh Currently, do not see a total on this game either. But uh, Sleepy, let me start with you on this game. Minnesota minus five uh, in uh, New Orleans to take on the Pelicans. I would probably go ahead and just play the T-Wolves here. I feel like like the Pelicans are like one of those teams that are just going to be up and down until CJ comes back. So they go ahead. They get a big win here against Denver. You and I were kind of on that side here. I mean, we were, we were in, in support of the Pelicans here. But I think this is like one of those teams that you just can't trust to go out there and do that on a nightly basis. I mean, have we really seen Zion or even Ingram go out there and, and give 110% constantly like that motor is just running each and every night? Uh, they, I mean, the, those guys went out there and played their rear ends off tonight. I just worry about, you know, where their, uh, you know, where their energy level is going to be at because, you know, the Wolves are going to throw three, four, five guys at you. And I think that they're just going to end up probably outlasting them. I would probably play the T-Wolves up probably to somewhere around minus five, minus five and a half. I think that that would probably be like where I can get the cutoff. But, you know, if you could find something lower, I'd probably bet that now because I think it probably closes somewhere around there. So it'd be the T-Wolves for me. I'm not super duper strong on it, but that's kind of where I would land in that game right now. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and make the T-Wolves my best bet here for tonight or for the Saturday uh, game here. And 
A lot of the reasons that you just mentioned, I think number one, that you and I both agree that we like the Pelicans against the Nuggets, but they exerted a lot of energy in this game uh, against the uh, Nuggets to get the victory here, right? Uh, they are 6-6 six and six overall, now 4-3 and three at home, but you just kind of look at the game log uh, for the New Orleans Pelicans and the number of minutes that the, some of their starters played. Right? Zion played 33, uh, Brandon Ingram played 38, Herb Jones played 37, Valentunas played 34. Um, you had Jordan Hawkins coming off the bench playing 26. So this game did come down to the wire. I know we were keeping an eye on it. Um, but now you have the Minnesota Timberwolves coming in who I think that they, number one, have the rest advantage in this game. But I think this kind of gave them after the series against um, the two game set that they had against the Golden State Warriors and everything that transpired in that game. I know they got their rear ends kicked. I think that was a bad spot against the Phoenix Suns. And the line was telling, right, when the Phoenix Suns were favored by six in that game and they got their doors blown off. But I think that now it gave them a day to kind of regroup, get themselves together. They have the rest advantage in this game. And again, despite what happened against the Phoenix Suns the other night, this team is still the best uh, defensive rated team in the association. So I think that, number one, from a match perspective in this game, that you have the uh, the players that can match up very well defensively with uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. I wouldn't be also be surprised if we saw either Brandon Ingram or Zion sit out uh, in this game being on a back-to-back here. But I just love the spot here for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think it's a great bounce-back spot for them coming off of that embarrassing loss against the Phoenix Suns. So I'll make the Timberwolves my best bet for here uh, for the Saturday card here. So give me the Wolves minus five here, Mac. I like it. I, I definitely lean in that direction. It was close to being a play for me. Uh, the Suns shot 54% from three against the Timberwolves last game. So that in an 18-point loss or 20-point loss, whatever it ended up being, I know they were down by like 30 in the third quarter. Uh, I mean, you can't just wipe it away and say it didn't happen, but you know that's that's gonna that's gonna happen in in the season. Teams are just gonna get red hot from three. I, I, I didn't downgrade the, the, them at all from the performance, especially after a gutty comeback win, which definitely pleased me as someone who backed them against the Warriors down by 12 late in the third, ended up uh, winning and covering, which is great. My only hesitation is when I put it into my little Excel spreadsheet here, uh, even with the two-point disadvantage for the Pelicans, which you might say is light, considering Zion Williamson is not so light, and uh, back-to-back seem to be tough for him. He's averaging six turnovers per game the last two years uh, on a back-to-back. So his numbers are, are there, but he's a little bit uh, less buttoned up, which kind of makes sense if you're if you're panting for breath like he was in that interview. Uh, you're going to be a little less put together, l- less clean with it. But anyway, when I put it in my power rating machine, it only makes it Wolves minus two and a half. So I, I all those factors, all those, all that spot, uh, the bounce back game from the loss, I agree with all of that. But it doesn't get me to, uh, it might get me to five, which would make the number right. But I can't, it doesn't get me to seven. So it's, it's a lean for me. And, and uh, yeah, it's just a lean for me on the Timberwolves. Yeah, minus five as it stands right now uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. But you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like what? Uh, it has to be seven. Otherwise, it's not a bet. Like if I think the line should be five and a half and it's five, that's not a bet. Yeah, I agree. Um, one more game we want to get to get to here on the Saturday card here, gentlemen. That's going to be the New York Knicks. They are also on a back-to-back uh, going to Charlotte, who also were playing on uh, Friday night, like we mentioned, against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, right now, as it stands, the New York Knicks are a six-and-a-half-point road favorite here going into Charlotte. Again, we've talked about this as well, that Charlotte, San Antonio, Washington, the worst uh, defensive rated teams in the entire association. And to no surprise, Charlotte gives up 130 to the Milwaukee Bucks. New York Knicks gave up 120 uh, to the Washington Wizards and the San Antonio Spurs 
gave up 129 to the Sacramento Kings. And now you have a New York Knicks team that over the last five games, as of Friday, were the second best offensive rated team. So they've seems like they've figured out um, some things on the offensive side. I know Julius Randle got off to a rough start shooting the basketball. It seems like he's turned it around. Jalen Brunson had an incredible game against the uh, Washington Wizards, but now they travel to Charlotte, who, similar to Washington, is just not a very good defensive team here. So, Sleepy, let me start with you on this game. Knicks minus 6.5 on the road in uh, Charlotte against the Hornets. What are you thinking about the spread here? I don't mind the spread here. I would probably just go ahead and play the Knicks here. I mean, this team's played, what, maybe two weeks ago or something like that. The Knicks really beat them pretty soundly. I think maybe that was the game where the Knicks actually found something because as you were just saying, like the Knicks offense has been really good over like the last four out of five games. So I think that they can just go. And we were talking about, we were talking about a team like the Wizards, how they're not going to be able to go ahead and compete with a team that has an offense. And I kind of feel the same way with Charlotte. You know, if a team has an offense, um, they're just going to struggle because their defense is just that bad. So I could see the Knicks kind of buckling down here, probably getting a big win. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the starters end up off the floor here in the fourth quarter. I mean, Charlotte right now, they don't look all that great. I mean, LaMelo's trying to do everything that he can, but there's still like another player too short before they kind of get things figured out. Maybe they got to get Rozier, you know, back in, back in the mix and in the group. But I would take the Knicks. Um, it's just hard for me to go ahead and, and look at Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte started out half decent again in the game against the Bucks, but you no, know, you lose by 30. I mean, it just it looks bad. Like there's something there, and you got to wonder, you know, how how that team's energy level is going to be against, you know, against the Knicks. Yeah, you take a look at what the New York Knicks have done against bottom five defensive rated teams uh, this season, and you know, the, again, they've been putting up the points. Like I mentioned, with the New York Knicks, they dropped 133 uh, on the Washington Wizards. Uh, again, they played Charlotte earlier this season. They put up 129 against that team. San Antonio Spurs as well, one of the worst defensive rated teams in the association thus far. They put up 126 in that game. Um, so it seems like when they face these bad defenses, they're uh, easily been, uh, being able to take advantage of those uh, poorest defenses and, and get the points up. Mac, what are your thoughts on this game? Knicks, a six and a half point road favorite here in Charlotte. I unfortunately think the Knicks uh, are the side here, or I lean that way anyway. I say unfortunately as someone that holds a Charlotte over 30 and a half wins team total ticket, which is looking more and more precarious. Uh, the Knicks confound me. I really don't understand. I mean, Jalen Brunson from Chicago, shout out. I love his attitude and style and, and uh, playing ability. But it doesn't seem like he's enough to make this offense as good as it is. And it's been amazing. Uh, they put up 120 versus Wizards. Nice cash on their team total over. But uh, I don't really get it. But I'm not going to put my foot in front of the train tracks uh, anymore. Uh, with the Knicks, you know, I've been burn fading them this year. And uh, yeah, so I will be uh, passing this game. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a uh, celery chopped up. And let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1. But I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect, is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. 
And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. All right, so those are the games that we discussed uh, for the Saturday card, and coincidentally, all of our best bets were in those three games as well. Um, a lot of exciting things going on at pregame.com right now. Sleepy, you want to tell our listeners about everything that's happening on pregame.com? Uh, there's a lot going on this entire weekend. I know that AJ has his UFC stuff up. We got a couple NFL game of the years. I think there's a college football game of the year that's dropping. Uh, I know Mackenzie will have all his NBA stuff up. If you guys want to save $15 at any pick at pregame.com, you guys can enter code MAC15. That's $15 off any pick there at pregame.com. Also, uh, one thing that you guys might want to take advantage of, especially this weekend, because there's going to be a lot of game of the years that I know that the guys are on this week. And this is a week where you typically see a lot of game of the years. And the reason for that is, Handicappers are very, very comfortable at this time of year thinking that they know who teams are. And there are particular results and you have revenge situations. You have a lot of injuries that pop up. So the guys feel really strong this week. And and you guys can get 150 bulk dollars for $99 in cash. So I would recommend going ahead and doing that. I think it'll be good. But if you guys want a coupon code MAC15, say $15 off any pick at pregame.com. There we go. Make sure you get over to pregame.com and use that coupon code. A lot of great things happening uh, on pregame.com. Gentlemen, one order of business left, and that is going to be our player prop best bet for the Saturday night action. I know we had Devin Booker uh, points and assists to go over for our Friday night uh, best bet. And as of right now, it's in the money, boys. 24 points, 13 assists for Devin Booker. That gets over our uh, best bet. We had uh, Devin Booker points and assists to go over 35 and a half at minus 105. Like I mentioned, as it stands right now, was still about 742 left in that game against Utah Jazz. Devin Booker, 24 points, 13 assists uh, to get us another winner for our player prop best bet. So 
A winning streak started here. That's two in a row. We're five and two on the year with our player prop best bet. I'm going to toss this over to Mac to find us our next winner, and hopefully we can get our uh, continue our winning streak here, Mac. What do we got for the Saturday card? Why don't you throw it to Sleepy? Sleepy, what do we got for our player prop best bet for the Saturday night card? All right. Well, you went ahead and you drew up to Devin Booker, so let's go ahead and give you credit. You were right, you know, so there's another right, one that you're probably not going to get from your wife tonight, but you were right. <laughs> Devin Booker points assists over. Great call. Um, kind of a no-sweat winner there. As you and I were talking, you know, we were like, hey, you know, the assist is probably going to be like gravy for this one. Turned out, I mean, dude went for 13, so that was interesting. But what we're going to do, and we've been giving out quite a few overs with our player props. We're actually sitting on an under here for this pick. And we're going to go the OKC Golden State Warrior game. We're going to go ahead and we're going to play Chet Holmgren under 26.5 points, rebounds, and assists. And I know you guys are looking to go ahead and dive into some stats, but the one thing that I think is interesting for this game is the fact that OKC is going to be on a back-to-back, and I'm not necessarily sure how they're going to go ahead and handle Chet Holmgren on a back-to-back situation. I think they've only had one this year, and I think he played 27 minutes in that back-to-back situation. So uh, this is probably going to be the tougher of the two games here that OKC is going to have to deal with. But my gut feeling says that there's a, a potential that he may not go full pull and you you don't know how the game's going to play out and I think the Warriors coming off of a loss recently to this Thunder team that they're going to go ahead and be able to defend him a little bit better this time around so that's how I am that's how I feel right now with Chet Holmgren for this game yeah and I think we can take a look at the last game he just played where he was pretty quiet only one basket in the second half and only two threes only only three two threes attempted against the Warriors a team that uh you know tries to limit that from other teams uh, so you have the same matchup here, and the Warriors learned how to play him a little bit. He only played 27 minutes last game, which is, you know, one like you said, he played 27 after a back-to-back. Um, actually, no, he only played 24 minutes uh, Monday, October 30th, on his first back-to-back. Only played 24 minutes. Makes sense, you know, with an asset like Chad Holmgren, a guy that missed all of last season, that they'd be a little bit cautious with him. Uh, I kind of lean to the Warriors here. Uh, especially if Steph doesn't play and the line tells me. Uh, I'm a little bit cautious about playing the same team twice in a row in the same matchup, but, I mean, it played out exactly like I thought in the first matchup. The Thunder just seemed to be a lot better, a lot more ready for this moment. Clay Thompson won for 10. Uh, so if it is another blowout, which I think is you know at least a 20% chance that this is a Thunder blowout, uh, you're not going to risk the asset anymore. And another thing that we were looking at uh, in pre-production, we're looking at uh, SGA's points. And it's 30 and a half, which is a little bit too high uh, for us to go ahead and fire on. But after a, a poor game, which he had against the Warriors, six for 21, uh, the last two seasons, he's averaging 35 points per game in 11 games when he scores less than 25 the night before. Uh, so he's, I think he leads the league the last few years. I'm pretty sure of this. Uh, in times leading your team in scoring, he's, it's one of the more consistent things that SGA leads the Thunder in scoring, and I think that allows him that that you know freedom to know that he's going to be the number one option night after night uh, to quickly snap out of uh, any bad shooting nights. So I think that's why the numbers are what they are, and then he usually bounces back. Uh, if he's taking up more of the oxygen, <clears throat> a couple things happen. One, if he has a big night and they score 40, might be a blowout. Another thing is it's just less shots for everybody else to go around. So. Uh, if there was a same game parlay, I think SGA over and Chet Holmgren makes some sense. Uh, but I do like our best bet here, our player prop agreed upon. Going for six and two, Chet Holmgren PRA under 25 and a half. 
Yeah, I'm not going to regurgitate everything that you guys mentioned because I agree 100%. But also one thing that does stick out to me about Chet Holmgren before we wrap it up here for our player prop best bet is that I don't, the shot volume I thought would be a lot more for Chet um, this season uh, being on this OKC Thunder team. He's only averaging about close to 9 to 10 shots per game. And like you mentioned, Mac, there's, there's – I mean, you have guys on this roster like obviously SGA that's going to get a bulk – of the shot attempts, but guys like Jalen Williams, Josh Giddy, I mean, they have guys in the, on this team that can fill up the basket. I think somebody and that somebody right now has been Chet, who hasn't been able to get that shot volume with this OKC Thunder team. He's done a great job of rebounding the basketball, but if you go back to the last game against the Warriors, uh, five of his 13 points came from the free throw line. So, and he only had seven shot attempts in that game here as well. So, uh, 100% agree about uh, this play here. Chet Holmgren, Points, rebounds, and assists to go under 26 and a half in this game on Saturday night against the Golden State Warriors. All right, gentlemen, that is going to wrap it up for this edition of the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Mac, any parting thoughts for our wonderful listeners? Love you guys. <laughs> nice and simple from Mac there. Uh, Sleepy, anything else? I love you guys too. all right we'll be back next week for the nba podcast on rj bell's dream preview make sure you if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast and rj bell's dream preview feed make sure you do that as well uh and make sure if you haven't already left us a rating and review that would be uh, helpful as well enjoy the games good luck with your bets and we'll talk to you guys down the road 